Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirchner. Appellate court panel has heard arguments on the constitutionality of the gag order that Judge Chutkin placed on Donald Trump. Glenn was there in court to watch how the arguments played out. Well, friends, I went back home today, back to federal district court in Washington, D.C., my old stomping grounds. It's the courthouse in which I tried RICO cases and argued appeals to the D.C. Federal Circuit Court of Appeals. Well, today I went back to watch the oral arguments in the case involving the gag order that Judge Chutkin imposed on Donald Trump. It was an oral argument that was scheduled for 40 minutes, and nearly two and a half hours later, the argument wrapped up after some really intense questioning from the three judges on the appellate court panel. Intense questioning for both Donald Trump's lawyer and for the lawyer arguing in favor of the constitutionality of the gag order for Jack Smith's team. Donald Trump's lawyer is a guy named John Sauer, and the attorney who argued from Jack Smith's team is a gentleman named Cecil Van Avender. I think I have his name pronounced correctly. And the three judges who presided over the case, Judge Pollard, Judge Millett, and Judge Garcia. And the three appellate court judges put both attorneys, both sides, through their paces. Here is what the Washington Post wrote about today's oral argument. Appeals panel grills both sides on Trump's D.C. gag order. And that article begins, both the government and an attorney representing Donald Trump faced intense questioning Monday morning from a three-judge panel in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. The topic was whether a limited gag order imposed on Trump by U.S. District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin unfairly limits his speech. Trump's lawyer argued that the former president has a First Amendment right to talk about his federal election interference case, especially because he is, again, running for president. A lawyer from special counsel Jack Smith's office countered that without guardrails on his speech, Trump will intimidate witnesses, incite threats against government employees, and distort public understanding of the case. The judges will consider the matter and eventually issue a written opinion. So friends, let's talk about some of the takeaways in today's appellate argument over the legality, the constitutionality of the Trump gag order. Now, I think I can summarize Trump's lawyer's argument in pretty much one phrase, because 
he stuck with it over and over and over again, really even annoying the judges, in particular Judge Millette, who raised her voice at him several times because he refused to answer her questions. He refused to engage in hypotheticals that were designed to sort of probe the outer boundaries of what it was he was claiming he wouldn't even do it. Probably not a winning approach in an appellate argument, but that's the path he chose. Basically what he said was because everything Donald Trump says and posts is, quote, core political speech, no gag order is lawful. No gag order is constitutional. In essence, there can be no prior restraint on his speech. In fact, he said the only thing that Donald Trump really can't do is expressly threaten the witnesses in a way that would be a federal crime in violation of a federal statute prohibiting threatening witnesses, 18 United States Code 1512, witness tampering, anything else is fair game. And the judges weren't buying it. Here is some of what Judge Millett said in response to that claim. She said there's a clear pattern of Donald Trump issuing statements and witness threats follow. She then added that there is an accepted principle in the law that people intend the natural and probable consequences of their actions. And the judges said in several different ways, when Donald Trump posts something about a witness, when Donald Trump says something about a witness, when Donald Trump attacks a witness, witness threats, witness intimidation, and witness harassment almost always follows. So the argument that the courts can do nothing to limit what Donald Trump can say or post about witnesses, Donald Trump being a defendant on pretrial release, in not just one, but in four felony cases, is nonsense. So part of the good news is the judges were not going to endorse Donald Trump's code speak, right? And we only need to think about what Donald Trump said about Mike Pence on January 6th. He didn't threaten Mike Pence. He simply said, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what he should have done. That's not a threat in violation of the federal law, is it, friends? No. But how did Donald Trump's supporters, his foot soldiers, the boots of the insurrection, who were in the process of attacking the U.S. Capitol, how did they respond to Donald Trump simply saying, not threatening, simply saying, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what he should have done? They started hunting for Mike Pence, and the crowd erupted in chants, which we all know too well now, of hang Mike Pence. So yes, when the judges say people intend the natural and probable consequences of their actions, and yes, a clear pattern has emerged, then when Donald Trump says something about a witness against him, the witness is intimidated, harassed, and threatened. And then a little bit later in the argument, the judges moved on to the topic of what it means to communicate 
with a witness. And here's how that played out. Donald Trump is on pretrial release. And one of the conditions the judge set for his pretrial release is he may not communicate with witnesses in the case except in the presence of counsel. And this is where it felt like the legal argument was trying to find its footing in this day and age of internet communication and social media posts. Because here is a series of hypotheticals that the judge set up that, frankly, Trump's attorney refused to take the bait and engage in a discussion, as the judge was asking him to do. They said, okay, so Donald Trump is on release. He's prohibited from communicating with a witness except in the presence of counsel. So you would agree with me, Donald Trump's attorney, wouldn't you, that he couldn't call up a witness on the phone and say, I know the prosecutors are pushing you, but you know what? Patriots don't cooperate with prosecutors. And I think the attorney may have conceded, well, that would violate the conditions of release, saying that he can't communicate with witnesses except in the presence of counsel. I said, okay, let's assume Donald Trump is at a rally on stage and he knows that the witness, one or more of the witnesses that he's not permitted to communicate with are in the audience. And he says, you all know, patriots don't cooperate with prosecutors. Is that communicating to the witness? To which the attorney, I think, responded something along the lines of, Hamana, hamana, hamana. Not exactly, but he danced around a bit. The judge said, let's take it one step further. Donald Trump posts on his social media platform, patriots don't cooperate with prosecutors, and Donald Trump knows that one or more witnesses are his followers on his social media platform. Isn't that communicating with the witness in violation of the terms of his pretrial release. And Trump's lawyer had no interest in answering or engaging in that debate or discussion. But I think it's time to realize that we are no longer trying cases in the 1950s when it was easy to prohibit somebody from communicating with a witness in the absence of counsel, right? Means you can't call them on the phone. You can't knock on their door and try to talk to them. You can't send an intermediary to their home to talk with them and communicate a message. But now, doesn't Donald Trump communicate with witnesses every time he speaks at one of his hate rallies or he posts something on his third-rate social media platform? How is that not communicating with the witness, right? Don't you intend the natural and probable consequences of your action? Coming up after the break, the appellate court judges also question Jack Smith's legal team about the gag order. Glenn talks about that next on Justice Matters. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. An appeals court in Washington, D.C. is weighing the evidence on whether Donald Trump's gag order is constitutional. Glenn says they also had some tough questions for the prosecution. So friends, lest you think this was a one-sided affair, it wasn't. The three-judge panel had some very pointed questions for the attorney that was arguing on behalf of Jack Smith's team, Cecil Van Avender. They asked him, for example, should Donald Trump be prohibited from saying things about public figures like Bill Barr or General Milley simply because they are expected to testify against Donald Trump in his DC case? For example, if Bill Barr gives an interview, as he has, and talks about how Donald Trump is lying about things, shouldn't Donald Trump be able to say in response, but Bill Barr is a liar? And wouldn't that violate the gag order that was initially issued or put in place by Judge Chutkin when she said he can't talk about the witnesses or the substance of their testimony? And, you know, these were challenging questions because as much as we might believe that Donald Trump is lying and Bill Barr, albeit very late in the game, may now be telling the truth, doesn't Donald Trump get to respond if Bill Barr says Donald Trump is a liar? Or if General Milley says Donald Trump is a liar? Can we really constitutionally gag Donald Trump from responding and say, no, those gentlemen are the ones lying and we look forward to proving it in court? And let me just share with you what I think was probably the only lighthearted moment in the nearly two and two and a half hour oral argument today as they were debating what Donald Trump could or couldn't say about Bill Barr. One judge said, well, could he call him a slimy liar? And I think Mr. Van Avender said, well, perhaps he could say that he is telling an untruth. And that, I think, prompted some chuckles in the courtroom. But these are, are difficult questions that the courts have to wrestle with. And these are legitimate sort of constitutional debates and exercises that we're engaging in. The problem is, all of it, in my opinion, is beside the point. You know, we're struggling with Donald Trump, you know, being able to call somebody a slimy liar or an untruthful person. Is one of those prohibited and one of those permitted under the terms of whatever gag order this appellate court might ultimately approve, you know, Donald Trump has demonstrated one thing clearly and convincingly for years now, but most directly since he's been a criminal defendant on pretrial release in four cases pending 91 felony charges. He's a danger to the witnesses. He's a danger to the community. He's a danger to society. Indeed, he is a danger to the very health 
and viability of American democracy. And the law has a remedy for someone who is on pretrial release in a felony case when there's clear and convincing evidence, that's the standard, clear and convincing evidence that person poses a danger to another or a danger to the community. They should be detained pending trial. They should be revoked on pretrial release and detained pending trial. That addresses the threat. That neutralizes the threat. And we are a thousand miles beyond gag order territory as a vehicle to address, to deal with, to minimize the threat that is Donald Trump. We are in heartland pretrial detention territory. And let's hope, let's hope that one or more judges realize that and that one or more prosecutors realize that and make a request, file a motion with those judges seeking pretrial detention. Because that is what the law demands. And because justice matters. Friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again soon. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.